0: What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. Got episode 70 today coming at you guys. Uh, with episode, episode 70, Brett and I realized, I think your girlfriend pointed it out, I don't know, kind of like a week or so ago, like last weekend at, at a baseball game. We're doing the pod right about right about a year. Just, I think just over a year. That's how long we've been doing oh, the pod. Oh, two years. Um, oh, yeah, duh, two years. I don't know why I said two years. Um, it's crazy. Time goes by. Time goes by fast, dude. Um, but yeah, two years was pretty wild. We have not been a steady state. Every episode, ever, episodes every week for those two years, to given you know some travel, some especially over the summer. The summer, the summer, especially last summer was tough. Um, right. Getting pods in, but nonetheless, uh, two years pretty crazy. Um, we've been doing this, so wanted to point that out. Say it's uh, it's been definitely been a blast. I know. Brett and I love doing this, so thought we throw that out there before we start episode 70. Um, but you know we got to turn up the heat, start the episode. Um, so I'll let Brett kick it off today. Let him give his thoughts on just about two. I don't know the exact date of the first one that when we posted like the uh, first like intro of what the pod was going to be. I don't know how long right. it's actually been. I can look here in a second, but uh, I'll let you give your thoughts on just about two years of the pod and then give it. And of course, crank up the heat before we start today.
1: Obviously. Yeah, no, I mean it's been a ton of fun. Um, I think it's February twenty fifth was our first, was our like trailer uh, that we made, just yeah. previewing um, what we're gonna talk about and stuff. And then I still have I think the note card of the few things we wrote to talk about on the first actual episode. And since then we've evolved to a, a Google Doc uh, where we have all our notes since like episode three, I believe. Um, if we check real quick, we have. Almost fifty-six thousand words. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Obviously, we really like doing it, and that's why we're we've still stuck with it two years later. It's a uh, it's a way for us to talk about something we both love, just a ton of different sports, highlighting football mainly, um, especially in the spring right about now, with obviously tons of stuff going on, combine currently going on, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, we've we've had a ton of fun. It's been relaxing and just a fun little getaway from whatever we're doing um, to be able to record these and get them out to y'all. And I know I'm going to try to be better about like posting on Twitter and stuff and getting everything in a more up-to-date manner in terms of news, at least big enough news. And we're not going to, you know, I'm not going to post a ton of stuff, but as much as I can that's notable um for the listeners and people to follow along, help grow our following. And uh yeah, I mean, like I said, um looking forward to keeping it going. I think this summer we'll be able to have a much better schedule, um just given what we'll have going on. Being back at home for most yep. of the summer. But yeah, really looking forward to it, like I said. Um and this is our sweet spot right here. Um, you know, first day of March today and I mean, football offseason is upon us. We're fully into draft stuff. If you guys haven't been tuning in once a week, we're also coming out with positional rankings in the draft. We've broken it down to 11 positions, ranking our top five and then a few guys outside of it at each position. Um, obviously, we have a senior bowl, shrine bowl, combine, um, pre-agency tampering window opens just 10 days from today new league year is 12 days away and then we have the draft april 25th which we will be in attendance um cold seat will be represented you know in detroit it um i'll we'll obviously be we'll be tweeting some stuff from there um keeping you all updated updating our our uh, sheets and rankings as the picks are called um but yeah it's been a lot of fun you know a few days over two years like i said and, and Hopefully we can get a few more years going. Um, Whether we keep it at the same schedule or not, I guess that remains to be determined. But looking forward to this episode today. Um, You know, we've changed the structure throughout the two years that we've done this. And I think with the turn up the heat, the ice bath, the way we've gone about it is a really um, good format and structure to the way we do our normal episodes. So starting with turn up the heat. Baseball season, college baseball season at least, um, is heading into weekend three this weekend, where Texas Tech will host Gardner Webb for a three game series starting Friday night. My take is that Texas Tech baseball will win the Big 12 regular season title. Um, You know, I'm not going to say they win the Big 12 tournament because that's kind of just, you know, you lose a game and you're not going to win it. So, uh, win the Big 12 regular season title and host a super regional, which means they're top eight national seed and they win their regional or they're ranked ninth or tenth and someone in the top eight loses their regional um but i think that's kind of what i expect right now now that pitching has been a little underwhelming to this point um but making a weekend rotation alteration this weekend um and throwing out a freshman saturday um which we're really excited to watch but yeah, I think, I think their ceiling is definitely hosting a super regional, possibly getting to Omaha. I just think this is probably the youngest team in the last like five years that Tim Tadlock has had uh, with not a ton of experience, really beyond a few guys. Um, so I'm going to go, they win the Big 12, and that's going to be really hard. UT is good. TCU is incredible this year. Um, Oklahoma State has a couple of really good players, and they should be vying for that title as well. Um, but yeah, Texas Tech wins the Big 12 regular season title and will host Super.
0: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely hot. Um, the bigger reason why is is I don't think it's Texas; it's Oklahoma. Or it's uh, it's it's Oklahoma State's always a tough one because we're gonna get them in Stillwater this year, and that's always a, a pivotal. Um, you know, I say that. Do they have Oklahoma State? They do, right? Because I know we're missing. And ba- I know we're missing at least one team in baseball because the, the new teams. I keep forgetting we're adding teams in baseball too. Da-da. Yeah. Um, I think we're getting.
1: I think, think we have to go State. to Stillwater.
0: I, I was no. If we do, it's in Stillwater. I just don't. I'm remember I'm pretty if sure we it's actually... graduation weekend. Because I was looking. Oh. Let's let's peek. Let's take a look. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah. It's Lou. We can, we graduate. <laughs> that's sick. Um, uh, dang, they got to go. They, they play on the road too. They play Stillwater, And then the next week they're in, they're in Tempe. That's tough. And then they got to go to global life. Thanks so for the last home game is the weekend before we graduate in Oklahoma. So okay. Sorry. I got off topic. Um, kind of, it's because of TCU, like you mentioned, they're, they're really good this year. Um, D D1, one D one's got him at five five. They should probably be a little higher. I don't think they've lost a game yet. They should be a little higher than five. Just because of like Florida's at four who's already lost two games. And I get Florida's super talented. I mean, they've got probably the best power hitter in the country. Um obviously he's a two way star as well in Jack Taglion. But um yeah, I mean TC is really good. But that said, um, two things. You're absolutely right. It's, this is the youngest team Tadlock's had. And um, at least in the past, you know, four or five years, especially when we've been here, there's not a lot of there's almost no. I think Austin Green's the only. In the everyday lineup, he's the only like classified senior. Um, in the everyday lineup, everyone else is a junior or younger. Um, and even guys like tracer lopez and uh i'm gonna draw a blick on one more i know tracer was supposed to be a senior like he's supposed to be a freshman right now he graduated yeah. an entire year early to come play at tech so um that's another super young guys who's hitting lead off every game um moving over to to a freshman to start the saturday games now in, in mac Hewer, and and I'm, I'm excited for mac i think it's a great opportunity for him it's probably the right move um Kyle Robinson's a true junior. So it's just, here's, like I said, there's a lot of young guys in this team. Um, doesn't mean they can't contribute and they can't do the things they can do. I mean, I think if you can unlock the offense even further and get Gavin Cash, and he has been getting going like the past couple weeks, but get him going to what he he can be. And really, uh, I, the key is unlocking the five spot on Cade McGee. If they can get Cade swinging the bat well, which he can, he did it as a freshman at Gonzaga, if they can get him swinging the bat well, this offense truly becomes nine deep. Um and they kinda of in different ways with each hitter obviously, but it comes nine deep and they're hard to get out. Um yeah, it's gonna be tough. But again, if they can steal uh a couple of road series and, and they can and they can pitch I I never worry about tech baseball playing at home. They, they usually play well at home. Uh it's a it's a hitter's ball. It's it's actually the most hitter friendly power five ballpark in the entire country. Um but the pitchers know how to pitch there. It, it, when you in that in that case, like you have an advantage as a as a pitcher, knowing where where you kind of have to pitch around and like where you can kind of put balls and who, you know what I mean. You kind of get a feel for the park um, as a pitcher. So, uh, you know, it's just I, I think they got a shot though. They're so talented offensively, and they've got some really they have two incredibly talented pitchers. They're going to pitch Friday, Saturday, and a super experienced guy, in Jack Washburn, who's pitching on Sundays, like, who's looked really, I he's looked really good. Um, they got a shot. They've got to piece it together though. Like they've have to piece it together. Uh, I'd love to man. I'd love to see it if they host a super. And it'd be awesome. I mean, we would We definitely be there. We be. <laughs> we'd be going to the super um, for sure. So again, it's more for them about can they, can they consistently, on the road hit and pitch every game. They have to be consistent on the road. I remember two years ago, uh, they'd come, they were coming off beating Texas. Uh, they won the series two to one in Lubbock the next weekend. They went to, they went to Morgantown and laid an egg and lost two years ago. So it wasn't when Weatherhole was a sophomore, like he had a really good year. Don't get me wrong, but like this is a true freshman, like West Virginia wasn't that good. And they wouldn't lost a series on the road. They shouldn't, they lost to a, a, an inferior team. That's and that's always been that, that, that's the Achilles heel of every Texas Tech sport. They lose on the road to inferior teams and they play down to their opponent's level on the road. Tech, Tech Tech, tech baseball team has to avoid that to win the Big 12 this year. Um, and you can say about every team. I just I pointed out with them because that's something that they've done in the past, but um, now they do. We'll, we'll, mani- we'll manifest on this podcast. We'll manifest it. They, oh, yeah. they win the Big 12 and the host is super. We're manifesting on this podcast. Um, I turned up the heat today. Stick it with baseball. Um, this is more of an all-encompassing baseball one, just because you know spring training's going on. It's kind of every 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 team's stars have kind of made their debut, pitching and hitting. Um, baseball clears basketball like by a mile. Watching on TV, this that's the real hot takes that like watching baseball on TV is better than watching basketball. Um, that's just my personal. this is very much I'm in the minority with this take a lot of people love basketball, and not a lot of people love baseball. But yeah, I love baseball. Baseball is closer to football than it is to, than basketball is to baseball for me. um Being there is even better, obviously. I mean, I like Brett and I could sit like we were talking about all, all day on that Sunday in Arlington. Like, man, we wish we we wish we could just we wish we had class off tomorrow because it's President's Day. Oh, We wish we had school. We wish we did enough have school because we just wanted to sit there and watch game, baseball all day. We wanted to stay and watch the late yeah. game. So. I think it was kind of a blowout. So it wouldn't really matter, but still like baseball is just so fun to be around and be around to watch and all this stuff. So uh, baseball clears basketball by a mile and I'll die on that Hill. I, I, I recognize I am in the minority. Brett might agree with me. I don't know, but like, I know I'm in the minority when I say this, but
1: baseball clears
0: by a mile. It's so much better. I think
1: so much. better. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's just what people are into. I mean, i think baseball is the best sport to watch in person but if you don't really know like everything that's going on and how like the intricacies of a game work then it's probably not as interesting to you and it's probably you probably like watching football or basketball more and that's completely understandable because those are more popular games but um i think they're ultimately football and basketball is easier to understand there's not nearly as much going on um and this is really hot but i think that's a big reason why you know, a ton of people don't like watching golf. It's because they don't really know what's going on. They don't know what all it takes to play well. And they just see, oh, guy hit a shot, guy hit a shot, guy hit a shot. And they're all pretty good because they're all professionals. But if I had to rank, now this was on first take the other day, where guys were ranking the top five hardest sports to play. Christopher Mad Dog Russo, um, he ranked baseball as the hardest. Then I think he ranked it's golf. Awesome. And then I think. Football was fifth. I can't remember the rest of the list, but I know Dan Orlovsky then came out with his ranking. And I believe it was football is the hardest. Um baseball was somewhere on that list. I'm trying to pull it up. Here we go. Mad Dog went baseball, golf, tennis, curling, and football. Dan Orlovsky. Oh, yeah. He he did he did great with the first one and then and then and then he botched the rest of the list. Dan Orlovsky went football, basketball, soccer, baseball, hockey. So, off the top of your head, what's your top five? Okay, baseball's number one. Easily.
0: Um, go watch pitching ninja. If you think you can play baseball, go watch pitching ninja, please. You, you the average person would go over a thousand. Over a thousand against baseball's best pitchers. And that includes like reliever. I'm not talking start I'm talking relievers. Like you talk about an in you want an inning of baseball? I'm not picking a single starter for an inning. I'm picking relievers. And I that's it, 1 through 10, dude. The relievers in, in in Major League Baseball are unreal. Um how how guys like Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuña, Aaron Judge, Shohei Ohtani, how these guys go hit over 300 and hit like 30 bombs a year beats me. Like you have to have so much god-given talent to play baseball. And then you have to and then you on top of that have to work so hard to be good at baseball. Like, it's easily number one. Number two is either football or hockey. Those are probably two and three, and then you can probably interchange them for me. Um, number four. See, when you get to four, you start getting – it's probably soccer because, like, the, the the elite of the elite soccer players are just that good. Um, again, it just takes God-given talent. Um, like, basketball is – I don't know if I put basketball – because, like, here's the thing with basketball. There are some guys, and maybe it's like going pro. And this is the thing that they always go pro, but like in college, like there are some big men who like have zero bad that are just like good, but like because they're just huge, they're seven feet tall. So, like, that's like God given. I don't know if that's God given talent, it's just like God given like height. I don't know if that's talent. Um, Five's tough. Golf will not be in my top five. Here's why to be in, so I don't, I'm not judging this like to be an elite. I'm talking, like, here's the thing with golf. 80-year-olds play golf, and they are good. If you if you play – if everyone plays enough golf, you can shoot close to par. You can be a scratch golfer. Anyone can be a – most everyone can be a scratch golfer if they golfed enough, if that makes sense. I can't say that for baseball or football or hockey, right? Like, those, those sports require more than just the ability to do – you know what I mean? Like, it's got – like, you can just – if you can swing a golf club – you're going to be decent at, and I'm terrible at golf, but I recognize that if I actually like i put in time and wanted to be good at golf, I could probably be decent enough to go play rounds every weekend if I wanted to. Right. So like, you know, I don't know. I just, it's tough for me to put golf in the top five. Um, because of that, gosh, number five is tough. It, Cause I had soccer at four. It's not curling, bro. Like curling is like such an, like a, for like such a weird sport. Ooh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go like X Games type, like BMX or like snowboarding types. Like, B, I'm just gonna put like X Games adjacent sports. Maybe I don't know. All right. That's tough. Maybe not though. No, because a lot of people do that on YouTube. No, I think like Olympic sports. Hmm, it's tough. I mean, I'll just go basketball because like you gotta be like you know. A certain, there's a requi- like there's a hard height requirement on basketball. Um, I mean, to be like an elite golfer, like absolutely in top five. But like, my grandpa, who's 80, is a scratch golfer. Like, I wouldn't call him any like. Listen, Pop Pop's the best, best in shape eight year old I've ever seen. I wouldn't call him an elite athlete though. Like, it's not like he was a, a college athlete of any sort. Like, he is just a a normal dude. Like, he he golfs literally every every weekend. He golfs every weekend, so – or almost every weekend. So that's my thing with golf. If an like if 80-year-olds can do it well, that means that people well, – does it require a lot of skill? Yes, but how difficult is that skill to acquire is kind of how I judge it. Um, yeah. So something like if you shoot enough – if you shoot enough three-pointers, you might get pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Like you could – that's my I, – I don't know. Five's tough. I, I abstain from five. The top four
1: are easy, though.
0: Top four are easy.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so many sports you can pick from. It's like, at the end of the day, some are marginal, yeah. but it's. If I pick, if I'm picking like, I like, think five, like, if I pick a major sport, like I'm leaving out.
0: That's why I'm abstaining from five. There's so many other like things I could pick from that are just, it's a wide breadth of sports. But while you oh, yeah. give your list, maybe I'll look at ESPN and just get the rundown of sports
1: for me. Okay, so I thought about this a couple of days ago when they posted their list. For me, it's more about how good is how hard is it to become a professional and like actually become good at because anyone can shoot a basketball at a high clip, anyone can throw a football really well, catch a football really well, run good routes. Um, but to become a professional. Golf, like you said, anyone can become pretty good at golf with time. Um hockey, I think, is a different story. I think number one for me is still going to be baseball because everyone in baseball has to either pitch or hit. And those are both really hard. Um, Number two might be boxing or any combat like boxing, wrestling, that kind of deal, because that's a good one. Yeah. I'll I'll go wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling. Wrestling's wrestling's probably
0: a firm, probably higher than five, but yeah. Wrestling.
1: Because I just think like in terms of how much finesse, strength, power uh, you need, and speed like and everything you do um that's really tough i think so i'll just put one baseball two boxing slash wrestling three is probably hockey just in terms of first being able to need to skate i think a lot of people overlook that having to skate and cut and i know it's second nature for all those guys that play hockey especially in the nhl but that's hard. I've tried it before. Now it's been probably like six years, but I've tried it before and it was tough. Um, and I couldn't imagine going 20 miles an hour, hitting dudes full speed and getting hit full speed into boards. Um, and then trying to follow this tiny black puck that's moving around at slow, slow speeds. So I don't think that, um, I don't, I don't really think that Many sports are harder than hockey, and that's why I have it at three. Um, especially to become professional, and like I said, kind of what I'm basing my list off of. Four is going to be golf, because, like you said, it it is, like anyone can get good at it. Like I played for a couple years. I haven't played much in the past eight months, but I played for a couple years, and I got fairly good fairly quick. And I think the thing about golf is more about a mindset, more so than other sports. Um, I think golf's the most mental game there is. And if you have a strong mindset, you can become really good. But it's it's a lot harder than people think. And I think just to become even close to professional is ridiculously difficult. And that's why you see so many guys. That's why you see hardly anyone on a professional golf tour. Football, you have 53 player teams and really more than that because of practice squads for 32 teams. So let's say, well, you get 16 on a practice squad. So that's 70 times 32. That's almost 2,300 professional football players just in the NFL that are currently in a league at a time. Whereas golf, you have about 120. So it's, it's much more difficult, I think, than a lot of people think to, to go professional Last sports, my number five. I was having trouble with this going back and forth. I don't know. So we had, what did we have? Baseball, wrestling, boxing, hockey, golf. Five, man, I don't know. It's probably not like a full-on sport. Like, I think surfing's hard. I think... I'm not gonna put football or basketball in there just because I think so many people can do it. Um,
0: but thing, in terms but, of but going to go pro,
1: right? But, but to go pro
0: in football, like bro, we're literally watching all these dudes at the combine, and half these guys aren't gonna be in the NFL at all. Yeah, but I just, think like it's so hard to go pro in in the NFL, dude. It's so hard. I think people over also. I don't. We both know this, but like the 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 mental side of it of going of like playing professional football. People don't realize it's not just like going out there and playing a ball. Like, it's like, it's a lot.
1: But, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I honestly of. don't know what I would put at five just because there's so many, and I don't want to have to make like a final decision leaving the rest out. But that's a firm top four for me. Um, I think five could honestly just depend on a lot of things, depend on how you're doing your rankings. But in terms of going pro, I mean, every sport's going to be pretty hard outside of my top four, pretty Fairly equally as hard. Um, yeah, I saw I throw that in there. I know it caused some steam on the socials this past few days um, in terms of kind of what sports are harder than others. And I feel pretty good about my top four. So I'll leave it at that. Um, but we are going to move into MLB here, speed it up a little bit. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I know we haven't come out with an actual episode in a few weeks. So we're not going to touch everything that's happened since but the big points and one of those is that current MLB commissioner rob manford said that his tenure as commissioner will end in early 2029 so only five more years um of him being at the helm and i don't know who is going to take over probably someone that no one's even talking about right now because it's five years away but i think this is good news for the league i think certain ways that rob's gone about business have not been ideal to the players to the fans um to owners and so i think this is a positive for the MLB. And I think for everyone involved.
0: Yeah, I think uh, a good thing is absolutely a good thing for the, for baseball. Um, I've long said that I thought major league baseball is the worst run of the four major sports in, in, in the U S um, just from top to bottom. It's it, it all kind of went downhill for them obviously like losing the fans and not marketing the sport well at all for, you know, prior to 2020, 2019, basically um, not marketing the sport. Well, kind of in the entire 2010s really killed, I think killed viewership. And especially with like, they overlooked the fact like, Oh, baseball is for like the older generation. They underestimated the fact that like, there's an entire market of kids who want to, who want to watch sports. And, um, I don't know if that's entirely falls on Manfred, but I think what with some of the administrative stuff that they've done, they've done no work to increase or decrease team spending, which really needs to just be increased with teams that just refuse to spend. Because you've got guys like Cody Bellinger who just signed a, you know, we don't have, a, I don't think we have Cody's deal in here, do we? We'll get it on. But like what, three year deal? for like $80 million with an, with an opt out at the end. Like it's basically a two year yeah. deal with an opt out. Like yeah. the guy was one of the, 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 the three best center fielders in baseball last year, everyday center fielder. like, like, what are we doing? Blake Snell, who won a Cy Young last year is unsigned because no one wants to pay him. And that's part of that's like on his agent, his agent's an absolute. Ah, I shouldn't say that on the pod. He is not a great person. Um, it's well known around baseball that just ownership refuses to deal with this guy and his clients are suffering. Unless you have a guy like Corey Seager, who's just like an objectively like one of the best players in the entire sport. Like it's hard to get Scott Boris clients paid because they just, he refuses to deal with teams and ownership and a professional manner for some reason. Um, and it's just like, with this is a problem. Like there's, there's teams who are willing to. It feels like there's a group of like ten teams that are like, yeah, we'll 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 write a blank check. And then there's a group of teams who are like, yeah, we won't pay a guy like ten million dollars a year type stuff. And then there's like a middle ground of teams who are like, yeah, like we'll maybe pay one or two guys, but that but like we'll pay like one guy and that's about it for a couple of years. We'll pay another guy. Like, I don't know why baseball hasn't done anything about this. I don't know. What it's saying that like. There shouldn't be a salary cap. There probably should be. That said, like the parody really hasn't, ugh, like postseason parody hasn't been hurting because of it. So all, all I'm saying is there's been not been a lot of to, from Major League Baseball in, in in that aspect. And then I think the discipline part of it, it really went downhill for Manfred and his administration after the Astros thing happened in 2017, um, when they were dealing with the investigation and like the subsequent discipline in 1819. I think that's kind of when the wheels fell off for them. And I think a lot of people within baseball lost a lot of respect for how they were, how they were running things and how ownership or how administration was dealing with ownership and, and disciplining players and GMs. I think that's when a lot of it went downhill. Um, And then just kind of from then it's been, it's been a whole comedy of of errors in the last few years uh, with Manfred and and, and baseball. So definitely a good thing. I don't know who's going to replace him. Um I'd argue for a former player, honestly, we don't really see it that often, but I wouldn't hate having a former player um and it probably wouldn't it probably couldn't be like right away, but I wouldn't hate them having like a former player step into like an assistant well I don't know I don't know how baseball is structured like Adam Silver was the long time like what did they call him like um oh, he wasn't like assistant commissioner, but it was like something. It was basically like that was basically the title. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Um but he was basically that for a, a while before he took it over for David Stern. Um so I'd like to see a former player kind of get that role when the next commissioner is brought in and kind of start grooming a guy who's been around been around the sport a long
1: time. I don't know, we'll see. But um yeah. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I don't know how old he'll be when he's up, but I think a younger guy that just cares a little more would be would be a big deal but um i'll just run through these deals real quick and then we can talk about anything we want to about them but for the most part pretty small deals outside of uh outfielder jorge soler agreeing to a three-year 42 million dollar deal with the san francisco giants tim Anderson, shortstop formerly a chicago white sock is headed to miami to play for the marlins on a one-year five million dollar deal Writing a picture of Liam Hendricks, also a former White Sox, um, going to the Red Sox on a two-year, ten million dollar deal, and then Whit Merrifield, kind of a do-it-all guy, um, has been around. Is going to the Phillies on a one-year, eight million dollar deal. So four signings, really one notable, and then like you said, the uh, the Bellinger one.
0: Tim Anderson, oh man. So is the Soler the deals we get for the Giants. Um I'm glad that Bellinger stayed in Chicago. Um certainly certainly a good good thing for him, obviously. Kind of revitalizing his career in Chicago last year with the shift band and he's healthy and all this stuff. Um just everything kind of compounding together in this situation in Chicago is was, was right for him. So glad he stayed. Um Merrifield kind of got a, a light deal, I thought, with the Phillies. Um one year eight, just just hitting up a good year last year, and I get that, but still a guy who provides value for you been on to play kind of everywhere and, and play solid defense everywhere. So I'm a little surprised he only, only got 8 million, but um is what it is. And like I said, this the Solera get was really good uh for the Giants. Three years 42. Um, they struck out on basically every other hitter. Um you know, Matt Chapman hasn't signed. That's nope. interesting to me that he has not signed. That's shocking. Okay, sorry, I just remembered that. Um yeah, so so I mean Giants struck kind on of basically every other hitter. Um pivoted to, pivoted to Solaire, who they're hoping has another another big year. What did he hit? How many homers did he hit last year? He pushed 40, right? I believe so, yeah. I think he pushed 40 bombs last year, which is yeah, uh, I mean, like 38 maybe. Uh 36. Yeah, he pushed 40, uh, 75 RBIs. It wasn't like a, a phenomenal year um i mean ops of 853 is really good slug 512 um 1.8 war isn't isn't the best but it's it's decent um hoping he can, can continue that power um in the bay so it's a good get for them
1: um you want to talk tim or, or now i mean it's it's a really small deal i think they just want to see kind of what he has after he's kind of fallen off the past couple of years but uh you know, who knows? Maybe a change of scenery will be really helpful for him, and uh, him going south to Miami will pay dividends and land him a big contract next offseason. It's just
0: talking about the fall from grace for Tim Anderson, man. A guy who mm-hmm. literally, literally a year ago, people were talking like, oh yeah, whoever, t- whatever, because the Dodgers needed a shortstop, and I said this, I brought it up because the Dodgers needed one, but it was like, oh man, like Tim Anderson is going to get traded for a king's ransom, and the, and the, and the White Sox are going to replenish the farm, and then. People were, I think, teams were hesitant because cause Tim had a bad year the year, but he didn't have a great year the year before, and then, you know, that continued into 2023, and he had the night, he had a nightmare season basically. So, um, yeah, man, I, uh, <laughs> I'm not shocked that he, he got this deal. It's just like he's he's got to prove it now. I um, think yeah. he led Major League Baseball in errors up until basically he got benched. Um, he did not hit well. The K rate was way up, all that stuff. So underlying metrics were not great for Tim. Um, and then the on-field metrics obviously weren't great either because I do know the, the baseline ones. So, um, And then Hendricks to the Boston Red Sox, two years 10 is solid. Um, obviously a guy who's dealt with some health, in- health issues, didn't have his best stuff the past couple of years. But again, a guy who at one point was one of the best closers in baseball. Um, Boston gets him on the cheap see, then kind of get him back to what he was. Um, I don't know if Boston is the place I'd go to kind of rebuild my arsenal and kind of retool my uh, my pitches. But, hey, man, that's what he chose to do. So hopefully it works out for him. He's a real good guy. Um, one of the like I said, one of the notable, like good guys in baseball. Um, so hopefully hopefully it works out for him. And I just, I just don't know if Boston's the place I would have maybe gone and kind of retool my arsenal and kind of remake, right. re, remake myself as a pitcher, per se. I maybe would have gone. uh Braves Dodgers are kind of the first two that come to mind um, teams that always seem to like work really well with, with veteran pitchers um, Cardinals is another one. I think that that kind of goes into the radar I didn't have a good year last year, but seemingly works well with, with, uh, with their pitchers Houston as well. Um, just some teams that I feel like always tend to do well with veteran pitchers and kind of re establishing them uh, in a way. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully it goes well for them in Boston, a lot of turnover in the organization. So,
1: Let's kind of see how it goes for them. Yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting, interesting uh, deal to see. Uh, like you said, two years cheap, um, you know, in a really, really good division. So Hendricks, hoping he does well, um, obviously not against the Orioles, but outside of that, hope he does pretty well. Merrifield to the Phillies was a little surprising. Um, I, mean, I get the Phillies just want primarily more infield. Um which I assume where, where he'll be the most, but eight million million one one year doesn't really hurt him. Um, they should be fine either way. So I don't know if that really moves the needle, just gives them more depth, uh, more experience nonetheless. So it's pretty much that. Um, golf, we've had a lot go on, obviously uh, three tournaments since we last recorded, but I did take one out just because it wasn't really that significant. Um, But on the PGA Tour a couple of weeks ago, we had the uh, story, Genesis Invitational. It's always played at Riviera Country Club in Pacific Palisades, California. The It was the second elevated event of the year after the Pebble Beach. Carried a $20 million purse. Tiger Woods was the host of the event and made his season debut. And ahead of his start a couple weeks ago, he dropped his new apparel line on the Monday um, of the week leading up. It's titled Sunday Red, uh, as he's very well-known for wearing red on the final round. Um, he'll now don that from head to toe, replacing his Nike partnership of 27 years. Unfortunately, he had to withdraw from the event due to an influenza diagnosis, six holes into his second round. Um, I know it seemed like you know, he got taken off on the golf cart and um, seemed like his leg was really bothering him, which it was, um, but it came out that he had thrown up between round one and two overnight Tried to give it a go on Tuesday and just said his whole body felt kind of dead. Um, So unfortunate for him, but looks like he should be back for the Masters. Um, Don't know. So I guess that remains to be seen, kind of what his remaining schedule looks like for this season. But um, also seeing their weekend early was Jordan Spieth, who was playing pretty well, but signed an incorrect scorecard following his second round, leading to a disqualification. Um, Unfortunate for Jordan, I know. Obviously, everyone knows what Jordan's about, how good he is, um, and you want to see the best guys playing. So, I mean, for Jordan to go down right after Tiger um, had to withdraws, unfortunate for the tour. But after four rounds, Hideki Matsuyama, 31-year-old um, from Japan, and he did win the Masters in 2021. Um, he won the event by three shots at 17-under, taking home four mil. Shot a 962 on the final day, and no one else shot below 65 for the tournament outside of Cantlay with 64 on Thursday. So, huge final round for him. Obviously, <clears throat> the greens get a little harder as the tourney progresses. So, um, just I probably played to his game and was able to have a lot more, a lot more closer approach shots. Um, but uh moving on here, last weekend was the Mexico Open at Vedanta Vallarta and Nuevo Vallarta, Mexico. Um, this is a smaller event, purse of 8.1. Uh Tony Fina won it in 2023. We saw three eight under 63s on the week, but in the end, Jake Knapp, who is a 29-year-old UCLA alum, won it at 19 under, won it by two shots, took home just under 1.5 mil for the week. Um this weekend. We are recording this on a Friday. So round two is currently underway of the Cognizant Classic, formerly known as the Honda Classic at the PGA National Resort and Spa Champion Course in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. This is also a smaller event with a purse of nine mil, so a little bit bigger than the Mexico Open, but still a smaller event. Um, Chris Kirk won it last season and currently uh, we're in round two. Minwoo Lee um, is in the lead at 8-under, followed by a few guys at 7-under. So still pretty close, as you would think, in the second round. Um, Looking forward to seeing how that one shakes out. Might watch the end on Sunday once we get back from the baseball game. But as for the Live Tour, we will start covering their events here, as many of the top golfers in the world are on their side now, playing on the World Tour, uh, you might call it. Because starting tomorrow, or I guess today, uh, they have the Jeddah Invitational at the Royal Greens Golf and Country Club in King Abdullah Economic City, Saudi Arabia. Brooks Kepka won it last season. A um, little bit different. They play three-round tournaments, and they play two rounds a month. Um, every tournament is named the same thing, has the same trophy, but they're broadcast on YouTube, don't gain nearly the same following, but nonetheless have seen – much better numbers since John Rahm joined. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, only, they don't play that many tournaments and they play worldwide. So we'll see him play in Singapore, obviously Saudi Arabia this weekend, um, and then some tourneys in the States as well. But interesting to see different golf courses that have never really been televised before. Um, and guys on different teams. There's also a team format to it. Four players on every team. The best gross team score. We'll also take home a trophy and then obviously individual as well. Um, so we'll start talking about that. Not really a whole lot to it. I know it's a loaded segment this week because we haven't recorded in a couple weeks, but we'll cover PGA, live, and that'll be that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're right in the thick of golf season. I know, at least for PGA, um, the majors are right around the corner one in April, May, June, and July. Really looking forward to that. But first, we have the biggest non major, I guess, in the Players' Championship, played at TBC Sawgrass. Um, here in a couple of weeks so that should be a fun one we'll obviously preview that the week before it happens but yeah that'll be that and uh yeah if you got anything i'll let you say but then we'll move on to uh, nhl um not really um i'm a casual golf
0: fan so obviously i'd like to see tiger get healthy Um, i don't know if the, he actually had the flu <laughs> i don't really buy it um like to see him get healthy I don't know if you saw me when you were talking. About, I, I I like pause, like immediately like picked my head up when you said Cognizant Classic. Um, used to be the Honda Classic, but Cognizant. I just I recognize the name. They're a big. Um, I don't want to say I don't want to say that. Let me get it right for everyone who's listening.
1: Are they like IT? Yeah, they're an IT company.
0: Uh, they do a lot of uh, IT services. Um Tendingly consulting, do a lot of outsourcing, though. Um, I just recognize it because um, – how do I contextualize this as sounding It sounded like, a, like a, kind of a douche. Work, like when I graduate and get like the job that I'm going to have is very similar to like the job that – like it's in the same industry that my dad's job is. So when I talk a lot about like work and cognizance at some company that he's worked with a lot um, in deals, I so just – like I heard I was like – I was like, hold on a second. That's – gets i know it's the same company is that the only one cognizant i just thought it was funny um yeah i like i i was i just i would have never expected them to be the name sponsor of a golf tournament i just thought it was funny mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah i'm not sure I mean, what the deal it, it, was, like was I said, with honda uh, who knows they probably just gotta honestly it's just they're getting a different tax write off somewhere else that's all it is yeah um but, you yeah, know, hopefully, like I said, I hopefully we see some good golf. Obviously, um, players coming up pretty soon. Um, hopefully, we get to see some good scores in the live tour as well. Um, I know we don't really get to see any of that stuff live, just given, like, the time difference to Saudi Arabia and a lot of their international ter- events. But hopefully um, it gets some more media coverage. We can see some see some good golf. Um, I feel like we haven't really seen anything from a lot of these guys because it doesn't get any media attention. It doesn't really get covered at all. So, I'm hoping it does. I know there's been a lot of controversy around it. I just hope, for like the sake of like growing the game, we get some coverage of it um, from ESPN and other major outlets. So, uh, other than that, though, that's all I got. Um, going to NHL stats update this week. Uh, quickly run through this one. I'll go. Uh, I'll go points and save percentage real fast. Uh, points leaders: Art Met, Art Meddy, Art Artemi Panarin of the Rangers at 82 points. I knew. I knew his last name. First name was tough. Um, David Pasternak of the Bruins, 87 points. Connor McDavid of the Oilers at 94 points. Nathan McKinnon of the Avalanche at 100 points. And Nikita Kucherov of the Lightning at 104 points. And the save percentage, uh, Jonathan Quick of the Rangers at 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 91.6%. Jeremy Swingman of the Bruins at at 91.9%. Tie with Joey Decord, who's probably like, what, a 10,000th ahead of him or so. Yeah. uh, The Kraken at Uh, 91.9 percent as well aiden hill of golden knights at 93 92.3 percent and connor helbick of the jets the winnipeg jets at 92.4 percent on same percentage
1: yeah i think really consistently through over the past few weeks um, we've seen guys still getting up there in points seemingly each week um you know 10 points or so, um, which is big, 8 to 10 points. And then save percentage has slowly been decreasing for those top guys. Uh, I think guys were up towards 93, and now the lowest is 92.4, which isn't, doesn't seem like a huge difference, but, I mean, it's a good bit lower when it's you're talking over just like a week or two-week span that we do these updates. Uh, but for goals, David Pasternak of the Bruins at 38. Kucherov, like you said, leading in points is also tied for fourth in goals, at 38. Um Zach Hyman from the Oilers at 40. Sam Reinhart from the Panthers at 41. And then Austin Matthews in a lead by 12 um, from the Maple Leafs at 53. Um I think he only scored once this past week and still leads by a dozen. So pretty incredible what he's able to do. Um putting the puck in the net. And then lastly, power play percentage, percentage of times that teams are at least one up and convert in a goal. Is the Panthers at 25.4%, Hurricanes at 27, Oilers at 27.6, Maple Leafs at 28.9, Lightning at 29.0? So I don't think it's to anyone's suspri- surprise that the same teams that have guys leading in points and goals are also leading in power play percentage. Um, that's normally how it goes. But we will have an NHL off week next week, NBA stats update next week. I know we switched the format a little bit just because of what we've been covering, but NBA stats will be back next week. But um, what, a couple weeks ago, we had the All Star break. And Damian Lillard won his second consecutive three point contest. Mac McClung won his second consecutive dunk contest. And then, as for the All Star game, the East won 211 to 186, uh, with Damian Lillard winning the All Star game MVP. So um, I know a couple guys put up 50 or so. Dame put up about 40 and won the MVP. Um, but yeah, for the most part, same guys went in that won stuff last year. Uh we had a Steph versus Sabrina Ionescu of the uh New York Liberty. Go head to head into three-point contest. That was actually pretty pretty fun to watch. Steph ended up winning that on the last rack. Um yeah, I thought they did a little bit better job this weekend, or I guess all-star weekend. I think they need to fix the voting on the dunk contest because a guy will just do a normal dunk first dunk of the whole contest and he'll get like 48 out of 50 it's like you can't you can't give that to a guy and then give him no 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 room to improve to a 50 you got to start at like 40 or so and actually grade it on a scale don't just give it because you think it's cool like you got to give room for these other dunks that are gonna inevitably be inevitably be better than that one so Um, That's just my take on it, but I still really like All-Star Weekend. There's some good stuff going on. The game's kind of pointless. If you just like watching really good players play together, that's mainly the only reason to watch it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, no defense played in that game. You have almost 400 points scored in a normal game with a running clock. So um, not much to that other than seeing guys shooting talents on display. But, yeah, like I said, stats update next week. Um, As for college basketball, that – we are a few weeks away from March Madness. I think what, about two and a half, two weeks from Selection Sunday. Um, and I know conference play for all conferences wraps up here in about eight to nine days. Um, but real quick, rankings update. Houston moved up to one. Purdue is up to two. UConn went from one to three after losing last week. Tennessee is up to four. Marquette is up to five. So we're seeing a little more representation across some conferences in the top five. Um, in terms of biggest risers, Utah State was really the biggest riser going unranked from t- to 22. Biggest fallers, um, Dayton went down five from 16 to 21, and Baylor went down four from 11 to 15. Um, much more representation not only in the top five, but in the top 25 ranked teams this week. Um, we had some big 12 teams fall out, and BYU, Texas Tech, and TCU, all Big 12 teams, are actually the first three teams out. Um, so I think they can you know, get back in and get us back to like eight or nine Big 12 teams, which is insane. But um, but yeah, this is crunch time for college basketball. I mean, we have nine ranked matchups this weekend, which I'll, which I'll let you preview. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of movement within the rankings. I don't think we've seen every team move this season it seems like this past week we had every team either go up or down in the rankings. BYU should hop back up. I believe um
0: they came back and beat God, I don't want to mess this up cause we it was on Monday they beat night. Kansas. I, I said they beat Kansas, yeah, yeah they beat Kansas, Kansas yeah. on was Tuesday night. Um it's on like that. by uh by eight seventy six to sixty eight in Lawrence. So they'll so they'll jump back up into the rankings for sure. Can't say the same for Texas Tech after they got doors blown off in Lubbock on Monday night. Um believe they're playing on Saturday. I don't remember who they're playing this weekend. I've I'm so tuned out of Texas Tech basketball right now. After that after that Monday game, I just don't I'm over yeah. it right now. Um you know where they play Saturday, off the top of your head? Us? West Virginia. In in yeah. Morgantown. That's a loss. That is an elf I've ever seen one. Um they won't jump back in unless they unless they blow the doors off in Morgantown, which could happen, I suppose, but um like you said, should should see one of those teams jump back up. Right matchups this weekend. I'll run through them quickly. It's nine. Uh, twenty four Florida at eighteen South Carolina, seven Kansas at fifteen Baylor, five Marquette at twelve Creighton, four Tennessee at fourteen Alabama. If Tennessee wins, they're they're gonna leapfrog Yukon because they just beat they just beat ranked Auburn, and they should, if they beat ranked Alabama at home, they're gonna they're gonna jump probably game day.
1: Three. I think game day is at uh Alabama this weekend.
0: I think it's in Tuscaloosa, which would make sense. Um, 23 Gonzaga at 17 St. Mary's, two Purdue at 13 Illinois, 14 Alabama at 24 Florida, four Tennessee at 18 South Carolina, three UConn at five Marquette. Um, the big ones here, Tennessee's two road games this week if they win both of those. Would be, a, it'd be really impressive if they win two SEC road games like that against ranked teams. And then uh Yukon Marquette's obviously pretty big. And yeah, Purdue versus Illinois. Uh be a big I think be a statement win for Purdue if they can get that win uh, on the road against Illinois and Champaign. And then um like I guess three Yukon and Five Marquette's kind of the headliner of the weekend. But um don't sleep on the on the Tennessee Alabama game earlier in the week.
1: Yeah, I mean Tennessee-Bama, it's your classic game day uh, game. I mean, the formula for college game day, if you don't know where they're going, you look at the schedule and you say, okay, filter SEC, filter ranked matchups. Which one did we go to last week? Okay, let's go to the other one. Or are Duke versus North Carolina playing each other? Yes, then go to that. No, then go to the SEC game. You'll rarely see them go anywhere else outside of maybe Kansas, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for for what they do and for what we have for ranked matchups here. I'm really looking forward to a few of them though. Um, in terms of Saturday, I think the top five are Saturday. The rest are either Monday or Tuesday. Um, three UConn at five Marquette is going to be a fun one. Um, you know the two top teams out there. I really think it could go either way. Marquette's has I think they have three guys averaging 17 or more which is crazy. Um, and then UConn has a lot of pedigree, obviously, coming off a national title. And then also looking forward to Tennessee, Bama, and then Tennessee plays South Carolina again in the week. So should be a fun one. Um, SEC basketball is normally pretty solid. Um, it's not the Big 12, but it's pretty solid. And you normally get some good games down the stretch there, regardless of where they're being played. But The last piece of actual content that we have uh, scheduled to talk about is uh, the NFL. So obviously not much going on the NFL game wise, um, but we did want to give a final record recap of all of the games we predicted this year. Uh, I believe 386 games. We predicted a winner in the NCAA. Brady went 73 and 28. I went 70 and 31 NFL. Brady went 182 and 103. I went 178 and 107. So total, Brady had 255 out of 386. I got 248 out of 386. So about two hundredths of a difference in record prediction accuracy. Um, To be seven games apart with 386 predictions is actually pretty crazy. Uh, You'll see like crews on Sunday and Monday night football have their record of all the Sunday night games, all the Monday night games. And through 16 games, you'll see guys that are five games apart on their predictions. So it'll be seven apart on almost 400 games. It's pretty crazy. Um, now as to some of those games we did just pick to be different. Um, a few of them. So it could change a little bit, but essentially um, this is about, where we landed with our predictions, um, 255, 248, both pretty solid numbers. You shoot for kind of 70%, and we both fell a little bit short. So maybe next season we'll try to get that 70%. Um, but important off-season dates, there are a lot. Um, it started back with the Senior Bowl um, combine that we have going on this weekend. Um, as I pull up the dates on my phone. I had them pulled up. I don't know what happened to them. Um, so combine started yesterday. We'll talk about the day one um, after this and then it continues today, tomorrow and Sunday to round it out all positions. Um, by March 5th, you have to designate a franchise or a transition tag for a player. Um, March 11th, tampering window opens to negotiate contracts with players. March 13th, the free agency official signing period opens and trades can be carried out as well. Um, March 24th will be the annual league meeting in Orlando this year. Um, a lot of guys that don't sign that first week often um, talk to people at this meeting. April 1, um Clubs that hired a new head coach can begin off workouts. And then two weeks later, clubs with returning head coaches can begin off-season workouts. Um, overall, April 17th, which is eight days before the draft, is the deadline for clubs to meet with draft-eligible players at the facility. So these are top 30 visits where you can select 30 guys to come to your facility. You can do your own physical on them. They can do a workout, stuff like that. And then April 25th, Through the 27th is the draft. May 2nd is the deadline for fifth-year options, and it's pretty much that. I think the schedule release is around May 15th, and then May 20th we have a spring league meeting. So a load of dates that we have coming up, all within the next couple of months. Um, A lot to look forward to there in the nfl front for those of you that are into draft free agency stuff like that a lot of guys are going to be changing places this offseason probably probably a little bit more than last offseason i don't know if we're going to have a 2022 offseason where we saw a ton of stuff happen but uh probably something pretty close to it but i'm really looking forward to it and uh it's a fun time i know with the combine it kind of gets you excited about not all not only that all of the prospects are t- together doing the same stuff, but also potential, um, you know, stock up, stop, stock down kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll start. I'll start with combine first, since it was today. Actually, we'll we'll talk combine standouts um, at the end of this. We'll, we'll we'll go we'll go with what's happening later on um, first. So I'll start with this. I expect Justin Fields to be traded in the next. Today's the first. The next seven, nine days, he will not be a bear by midnight on the eleventh. When the clock, when the, when the calendar changes from the tenth to the eleventh, he will not be a bear. Um, I when it, I it, it, it's, it's gonna. I'm ninety, ninety five percent, ninety ninety to i am 95 percent 90 to 95 percent sure it'll be the Falcons. Um, based on what we've seen on social and what we've, what I've heard personally, um, from some guys that I from. Mainly one guy, but from a couple guys that I'm that I'm tight with, that are actually in Indy right now, it's gonna be, um, it'll probably be the Falcons. There's some other trade buzz going on. Um, probably won't probably won't share everything on the pod. Um, but I know that there's there's some guys that and there's a lot of names we talk about. Um, I had not heard this, but I fully expect Joe Ortiz to be putting out some feelers about Khalil Mack and or Joey Bosa this weekend um at the combine like i i fully expect them to move on from what men to trade with those guys um pretty soon um i expect them like williams cut to happen in the next honestly combine ends on on sunday i would say by by next friday a week from today mike williams will be cut probably um maybe they push it to the to the, to the deadline but i think they're gonna want to get him cut get cap compliant um They'll cut Mike Williams up either cutter at Kendricks or they'll get the Keenan extension done, get cap compliant. I then go from there. They're going to be in a wait and see on the edges. I think I think they want to get at least one guy traded and then they're going to try and keep one of them. Um, that's kind of my read on it right now. Given the fact that they have some cap flexibility, um, that's just Chargers specific. I think, I think league wide, um, there's a lot of speculation and I think we're going to find out a little more after, after JJ McCarthy throws, but we're going to see the quarterback market shape up and get a real good feel for how the draft is going to go. I, th- I think probably by a, a week after bridge, she starts, hopefully Kirk cousins is signed. It sounds like something what what I've heard and been told. It sounds like he'll be back in Minnesota um, on like a one, two year deal thing with Kirk is he wants guaranteed money. And I, and I, I, I don't know if they have the, the means to give him a three or four year guaranteed deal, but I think he wants to be back in Minnesota. I don't think it's talked enough about how much he's, how, how picky he is about his location um, and how much he appreciates Minnesota in the front office and the ownership and, and the leadership and Kevin O'Connell. He's running an offense that he absolutely loves. Um, I know he got an offer from another team last free agency, turned it down to st- for more money, turned it down to stay in, in Minnesota. So um, I think if he's that takes the team out of the J.J. McCarthy running uh, or trading up to three. So um, we'll see. I'm hoping we get some more uh connor rogers and trevor sick will talk about on the on the nfl stock exchange podcast last night but basically like hey like we think that new england will not be open for business at three and so i'm hoping they do some pushing on that and, and, and get something or, or my guys get something on that this week um see if new england's actually open for business at three um but yeah no i it, combine's been, been a good time obviously as well uh, for agency trade in line or trades will, will be pretty pretty important obviously the draft like you said will be be on location for it this year um well, I'll let you, I'll let you kind of give some thoughts there and then we'll let we'll combine some couple combine standouts from day one. um, And then obviously we're watching tonight. We're going straight from, Brett's coming over. We're going to go straight from combine watch to baseball, which is going to be an epic Friday night. So um, yeah, I'll let you give some
1: thoughts there and then and then we can, uh, we can wrap up. Yeah, I mean, really excited for, for it. Like I said, I'm looking forward to some movement. I keep saying that I want some news to go down and we're seeing a bunch of random stuff that's not happening yet. So Um, I want stuff to happen. I don't care if it involves the Ravens or not. I just, I love news and I love, you know, getting those notifications about what's happening and uh, being able to talk about it and give you all the info and our opinions on it. So, a lot of fun, a lot to look forward to. But combine standouts from day one, Um, I think what jumps off the board is Braden Fisk, a D tackle from Florida State. Uh, We did not touch on him, neither of us watched him in our initial D tackle rankings, but. Once the combine's over, I'm going to make sure to get to all these guys that have had stock up and redo my rankings to where this is my plan. At least I don't know how you want to go about it, but there are going to be changes to our boards, to the boards that we talked about in the episode and that we gave you all our rankings for. Obviously going to be changes. It's not going to remain the same throughout the whole process. But when we make those changes, I'm going to wait to make those changes till we record our final rankings episode, which is the receivers episode. And then I'm going to make all the changes. I'm going to do my big board. I'm going to rewatch everyone that I want, try to get to 100 guys, and then from there, I'm going to announce all my changes before we do our first mock on the March 18th um, when we get back from spring break. But we'll, we'll kick off that mock episode, so it'll be on that episode where I'm going to talk about all my rankings changes. But there'll probably be there'll probably be five maybe i just don't i don't know i haven't looked at it a ton but i'm definitely looking forward to getting into it looking at some more guys and uh, updating my rankings to what i think will most likely go down on draft day um i'll tell you right now i've got some i won't tell you what i've made um
0: i will hint Braden fisk will be in the top five i'll tell you that much right here i've got i don't I'll, i'll count like i i flopped two guys and i'll count them as um as one so one i've got two here three uh four we'll go so i've got at least five right now that i've that i've kind of switched around um i'm actually looking at this i'm going to do one right this second <laughs> um because i'm just looking at it right here yeah I've, I've got a lot to do um i think Brett and i to kind of go about different ways as i've gone through and i gotta update it today as we've gone through our rankings, I've been putting all these guys onto my big board and just, like, kind of placing them once we do another episode. Um, full disclosure, I've already got guys like Joe Walt and Emily Fushanu and Marvin Harrison Jr. ranked. But like, I've watched those guys already. Um, so, like, when we're watching tackles, like, I'm not going to watch any of, any of the top two guys because maybe I'll watch a little bit. But I've watched those guys already. I've seen it a lot already. So, um, yeah. I kind of have, I'm trying to focus on kind of the, the four to nine range with these guys instead of the one to eight. So or one to one to seven. So, um, same thing with receivers. Like, dude, I've, I've watched an abundance of, of neighbors and Odunze. I'll watch a little bit of Marv. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of Marv in the last two years. Um, there's not much I really need to go watch from his tape and learn. <laughs> He's just that good. Um, obviously I'm going to watch his tape, but I've watched some of it already, but, um, Watching a lot of Marv's opponents too. And whenever, whenever I'm trying to watch a defender, like when I watched Chop or when I watched um, like Jenkins, I try to watch them play Ohio State because then I can see. I know I can. I'm always trying to watch teams where I can kind of cross watch. Like when I watched Latham, um, I'm trying to watch him, or I in the past like I've seen a lot of Latham because I tried to watch defenders play Alabama. See, so I can watch that dude. I watched the Michigan Alabama game and the or the first Oregon Washington game like. Probably eight times each this, this year. I've watched it so many times. Um, a lot of good players there. So, like I said, I've got I've got some changes to make. The big boards always fluid. Um, it's always gonna be changing. Top fifty is gonna be pretty cool. I, I may have to expand it to like sixty this year because there's so many good players. The top like I honestly I'm gonna have a lot more first round grades than I normally do. Um, usually like you get you know anywhere from like twelve to 16 first round. I'll probably have like 20 round one grades this year. I think the class is that good. Um, I think the class is that good. So, um, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, excited to get to receivers next week. But we got tackles, which is up first. I'm I'm pumped for that and all that. Um, yeah. Let you give any any uh actually one one real quick. I'll talk time on standouts. Fisk is the guy who made himself the most money. I did not expect Braden Fisk to do that. Like, Chop Robinson and Dallas Turner, well, Chop, freak. 100% had an awesome combine, but I expected that from Chop. Dallas Turner actually surprised me. He was more athletic than I thought he'd be. He looked really – he ran, like, what, a 4.46 and jumped yeah. a 40.5, dude? That's unreal. Um, Peyton Wilson was really fast, which we kind of talked about a little bit. Um, but Braden Fist made himself the most money um, – Another another guy who made himself a lot of money yesterday. I think put his name on a lot on a lot of radars, and and is going to get over drafted for his, as as good of a football player as he is. Miles um, Cole of the Texas Tech Red Raiders had himself a day. 996 RIS score. Um, jumped out of the gym. had, an, had measurables are insane. Ran ran a really good time. Um, so he's gonna he helped himself a lot yesterday. Uh, helped himself a lot. I think he'll get drafted probably the fifth round just because there are GMs who prioritize. Freak yeah. athletes, and they're gonna go, hey man, like it took. He's a late bloomer, took him a while to figure it out, but he's a freak athlete. Like, like, like let's see if we can get him into a pass rush package, right? So, um, get something out of him. So, guy helped himself a lot yesterday. Was my, I'm happy for Miles. Uh, some people yesterday, like, I've walked by him a couple times on campus, and he's like, he's like a like a, a, a terrifyingly large person. He like I've stood next, like I stood next to Tyree Wilson and got a picture with him. Miles Cole was bigger than Tyree Wilson. Like, Miles is terrifyingly big. Like, he's a terrifyingly large living organism. He's huge, dude. He's, he's massive. He's always at like a seven foot plus wingspan. Um, he's just, he's like, what, six, 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 seven? Like, he's just, he's huge. Yeah. Um, moving that quick. He's super athletic, like I said. So, um, I will see a team pick him up a little earlier than expected. Just, again, betting on the traits, betting on the traits, betting on the traits. Right. See if you can't coach him up. So, yeah. It's, a fun, it's-, it's a fun day, one, though. A lot of guys didn't test, and I wanted to. Whatever. Oh, more quick. Pleasantly surprised with Latu Latu's testing. Pleasantly surprised.
1: Yeah. It was better than I thought it would. Yeah, it was definitely better than I think a lot of people thought it would go. Um, But, yeah, Dallas Turner's 40 was pretty impressive. Um, And then Miles Cole, obviously, like you said, just the measurables throughout were pretty solid for him. And uh, just a few guys that probably helped or solidified their stock yesterday. And that's just one day in. I mean, we got three more days starting today with DBs and tight ends. Tomorrow's quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and then we'll, we'll round it out with O-line and special teams. So, um, so yeah, I mean, a loaded combine slate, as it always is, about five-hour broadcast each day. Um, and a lot of fun. I mean, five hours goes by quick. I know we'll be watching the tail end at the baseball game, but uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see some guys challenge the record today as the DBs are normally the fastest group now every time every now and then you'll see a receiver challenge it but for the most part dbs are the fastest ones um so we're looking forward to checking that out but a lot of fun um real quick my ice bath is just basically victor wimbanyama um what he's been able to do being just turned 20 years old like a month ago is uh just crazy i mean seven foot four he locked down chet holmgren last night who um and they'll probably be forever tied together just because both being rookies at the same time, even though Chet's been in the league for a little bit. But, uh, you know, Wemby coming in, balling out, really living up to expectation is huge, given that he arguably had the most hype ever as a prospect and uh, has played really, really well. And obviously you're going to see you're going to see those rookie mistakes, those those I haven't played American basketball Um. You know, they do it a little bit different over in Europe, um, where he's from, France. But uh, but it'll slowly get acclimated. I know there's a lot of um, European big men that have succeeded in the league. Obviously, Jokic, um, Gobert, guys like that that are playing really, really well, obviously, at the top of their games. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But I'm, I'm really impressed with Wemby. I honestly didn't know what to expect coming in on how much he would actually live up to the hype. But he's really lived up to it, um, what he's been able to do day in and day out. Still on a minutes restriction. I mean, you hardly ever ever see him play more than like 28, 29 minutes a game, and he's still putting up numbers. So if you if you you know put everyone's numbers against each other with equal minutes, he's right up there in a lot of different categories. But I'm really looking forward to see how he progresses, um, not only as a player and his, his, how his own game progresses, but also how he progresses um, in the league and you know with the guys around him. Because I'm not going to sugarcoat it, the Spurs roster without him is trash um the worst defense statistically of all time when he is not on the court um, in terms of a defensive rating and when he's on the court i think they're fifth best in the nba so just a massive impact that he has frankly would get my vote for defensive player of the year and i don't think that's being biased um he's up there in steals and he leads the league in blocks by like almost a whole block so um really impressive what it was, what he's been able to do from day one and i I hope he can keep it going for you know 15, 20 years. Um, a lot of fun to have him on my side. I know we've gotten lucky with first overall picks, but uh, really looking forward to seeing, like I said, how he progresses and where he goes from here. And assuming the roster is only going to get more talented around him as you know as the seasons go. And I think
0: I think it was, and and it it wasn't fair to Wemby, but he got this unrealistic expectation from day one that he was going to be this. Stud superstar, and it's just it's he's adjusting to an entire new league of basketball. It's gonna take him some time, and it took him some time, but he he's arrived. I mean, he's a double double machine. He's finding his rhythm as a as, as an offensive scorer at all at all three levels. Um, and the guy's really he's really figured it. I think he's going to be an absolute monster next year for the Spurs. Um, I will quickly just because we've got a little bit of time, and I'm not really worried about time right now. Plenty. We're just over an hour, but I'm not really pressing about it. So, real quick, a couple couple names to watch for for the combine in the next couple days, maybe. Um, just since we won't see you guys until until after the combine's over. Um, two DB, I'll give you two DBs. Tyler Owens at Texas Tech, gonna push the 40 record apparently. So they say he's shooting for the like the mid 42s. He's everybody's fast of it too. He's gonna he's gonna run fast. Um, I'm curious to see how Taylor Deirdre, denver Taylor T- Taylor Adrian Demerson or Adrian Taylor Demerson runs um, from Texas Tech. I'm curious to see how how he runs, just because he had a really good Senior Bowl, uh, or sorry Shrine Bowl, not Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl. Um, and then Nate Wiggins, a guy who's was running in the low 4-2s during testing and looking to push the record. Uh, Corner out of Clemson, first round talent. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, see how they test. Obviously, going to be going to be interesting. On that um, day, day three is receivers. Rome I mean Romo do is going to test really well. He's going to. Um, maybe like a late, like a day. Th- you, have, you have like a day three receiver you want you want to talk, or any, anyone else you want to talk about for uh,
1: combine. Well, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Javon Baker, UCF um, yeah. receiver. A good pull. I think um, he didn't do it. Seems seems like he didn't do a lot this year. Um, we saw him in person, and he didn't really make any. Um, you know standout plays or things that he didn't do anything that made you remember his name really, but uh, but he's a guy that's seen his stock grow a good bit. And then you always look for those quarterbacks like QB five to eight range, um, Pratt, Rattler, guys like that. Um, obviously, Bo Penix, JJ, but I think across the board, Pratt and Rattler primarily um, have a lot to gain this week. I know um, interviews are going to be big for Rattler. Um, and then JJ, I think has the most to gain in terms of stock, uh, with his quarterback group. We all know what we're getting in Penix and Bo, and, um, but JJ, I just still think it was almost too big of a question mark at this point still. And I think he can shrink that question mark a little bit with, uh, with a good performance, uh, this, uh, I guess Saturday throwing the ball around. So those are the main guys for me, um, in terms of running backs. Not really anyone. Um, like I said, a bunch of those guys are grouped together, and we'll probably see them go fairly quickly. Um, probably end of round two, beginning of round 3 they there'll probably be a running back run. Um, but interviews are going to be big for running backs as well, just because they're all grouped so so close together. And it's probably it for me. Obviously, O-line will be big. I mean, they have a whole day for, to themselves for a reason. Um, you know, tackle class is incredible iol class is good and uh a lot of those guys have a lot to gain this week a lot to show to scouts and uh should be fun across the board i mean this is a loaded draft class from top to bottom um you know some position groups are really top heavy and some position groups are really deep and i think when you marry those two together um, it makes for a really exciting class and a really exciting combine to see all these guys put their put their athleticism on display um in indianapolis so looking forward to watching it over the next few days but it's pretty much all I have off the top of my head.
0: Hunter Norzad for centers. Um, he's gonna test well. Um, obviously I mean, like JPJ uh, and Frazier. I don't know if JPJ's gonna test. I think he's going to. I think he's fully good to go. And then I think I think Frazier's gonna actually go test. I think he's gonna be good to go. We'll see. If he tests, he will test well. Um, you no know, Hunter Norzad for the centers, um, for the guards i mean not everyone not even think of off the top of my head um i'd like to see graham barton test well um, for him and then for the running backs i'll be curious to see how some of these guys look bo Nix, i'm looking for bow and the quarterbacks to throw well he did not throw well on air at the senior bowl with different receivers gotta throw well for bow got gotta throw well because the the thing is like he's super accurate in the games within the Oregon system, but like the big question mark is can you play outside of the Oregon system? One of the most quarterback friendly systems in college football.
1: Yeah.
0: Can you play outside of it? Can you play outside the confines of it and throw to guys who aren't, you know, your adoptive brother or Troy Franklin? Can you, can you throw to other receivers? Um, and you can, can, you make the layered throws, which we don't really get to see a ton of, we'll kind of get to see if they want the one that kind of like the big in and, and and the dig, um, that kind of thing. But Again, can like got look good throwing new receivers. Bo has to um, prepare for the overreaction for JJ McCarthy. Like he's gonna he's gonna look great like in in a t-shirt and shorts. Like he's just going to. Um, he's like the picturesque like movie quarterbacks like movie star quarterback. You know what I mean? Like he's just gonna look really good. So um, he's, there's gonna be an overreaction there. Uh, don't know if we're gonna get any of the top tackles testing. I haven't looked. I hope we do. Tight ends tonight. Obviously, Bowers, if he tests, will test well. I'm curious to see how Theo Johnson and AJ Barner test. Uh, Kate Stover, as well, those three. Those are kind of like my three favorite mid round options. Obviously, Ben Sinnott, Um being regarded as more of a fullback, apparently. That's news to me. Um, that was per Jordan Reed on the Chargers Weekly podcast. They're just kind of viewing people review Ben as a, as a fullback. So I'm all over that um, for sure with Ben. He's one of my favorite guys in the class. But um, definitely those three tight ends should test well. Stover, I want to see him test well. And then I want to see how Barner looks uh, in his routes, uh, being a primary, primarily a blocking tight end at Michigan. Um, curious about that one. Um, he said running backs will be good. So, But overall, man, I'm looking forward to it. Combine um, should be really, really fun. Um, the rest of the way, obviously, we're one day in. More than one day in for the drills. We've had a lot of a lot of news, a lot of like gossip going around, which is always fun. Um but no, it should be a good time. Uh the rest of the day, the rest of the, the weekend, the combine. Um getting a lot of like teams visiting with this guy and this guy and all this stuff. So it's cool. It's a good time.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. Really looking forward to seeing what direction we go. Um starting round one. I mean, there's a lot of avenues we could go down for round one. I know we had a load of interviews with you know, we've interviewed Adani Mitchell, Troy Franklin, Keon Coleman. Um, so they're I mean they're they're looking for a you know, a bigger receiver. Um wonder which one they like the most. I, I have my opinions, but uh we'll talk about that next week on the eleventh. We'll get that one out try to early morning. Um or I guess we'll figure that out. But um the eleventh is when we're gonna try to get it. Um before free agency opens, so we can have this set before you know guys tr- trade places and stuff, but looking forward to it, um I know it's a lot of fun. I know next week we're gonna have a combined recap and a free agency preview, so a lot to look forward to. I think we'll get a little combined recap
0: um free agency preview. all itself will happen next week. It'll be a heavy n f l episode um just given how much is going on. Pumped man. My ice bath before we get out of here, it'll be quick. Um, one cool little nugget from the combine, Chris Jenkins Jr. of uh, Michigan. He's a defensive tackle for them. His father, Chris Jenkins Sr., played for the Carolina Panthers as an offensive lineman. They'd like the RIS comparison. It was pretty cool seeing that. Junior's a better athlete for the RIS. So thought i put that out there. A little smaller than his dad. Um, but no, it's, it's cool, kind of that's a cool thing to see. A lot of juniors going on this year. Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the biggest one. Jeremiah, Tr- Jeremiah Trotter Jr., another one. Um, junior Colson, not a junior, but a, a junior name. Um, a lot of juniors, though, this year. Um, it's kind of cool to see, obviously. Marvin Harrison is a guy that, like, was just before our time. Obviously, like, we watched a little bit of script, career, but really really didn't. We were more like Reggie Wayne kids uh, growing up because they that was who Peyton's guy was in Indy. But, um, no, seriously, it's, it's cool to see all these guys and their dads, um, all the lineage coming out. The NFL draft is cool, but um, my my ice bath similar to Brett. I just put Yamamoto, just a one word for mine. Um, made his major league debut or spring training debut, I should say, um, against the Rangers the other day. Struck out Marcus Simeon in his first at bat. Gave up a down the line single, rolled a two ball, and then I believe struck out. Um, he struck out Nathaniel Lowe, and then I forget who. Someone flew out to. Someone flew out to, like, right field, and then he struck out another guy. I forget who it was. I think, it was T- I think he struck out Tavares as well. The splitter looked nasty. He got Timmy with a Bayou fastball um, up in the zone, elevated, uh, with some late life. So he just he looked really good. He looked better than I thought he would look in his debut, which was awesome. Um, I'm so pumped for him to pitch in, in, in Seoul uh, when they go play the, the Padres in South Korea. Uh, open the year, which is where, so they open, they, op- they have two regular season games. They play two games against the Padres in Seoul and they come back and play like two more spring training games and then they open the season. It's kind of strange, but yeah, hmm. that, that soul series with the Padres and the, and the Dodgers is like, it's before everyone else starts their season. So like the Dodgers play two first games of the year and then they go back, play a couple more spring training games and then they start the year with everybody else. So it's kind of weird. Um, nevertheless, it'll be cool. Um, now I'm super. I'm so 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 excited to see him pitch in,
1: in South Korea. It'd be super sweet. Yeah, that's sounds I cool. It. I mean, him going back over there, um, you know, should be a good bit of fans for him. Um, you know, making the trip from oh, Japan, dude, the game, but the game's gonna be packed. I mean, yeah, because Hasan Kim's from South
0: Korea, so that'll be huge. And then I think, I mean, be a ton, a ton, a ton of Japanese fans out there for Shohei and uh, and Yamamoto. Just, I think the Dodgers are bigger over there now because like. Have yeah, both those guys, so it'll be a bunch of fans,
1: right. cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to getting back into MLB. Um, obviously, like we said, college baseball is underway, but a lot of fun, um, stuff to look forward to in the sports world. I know October, November is kind of the sweet spot with the World Series and you know, and it, or NBA getting going, um, football, you know, regular season, but. March is underrated um, March April time frame is huge as well um, for us at least I mean if you're a casual football fan and you probably don't care a whole lot about March and April but March and April's big um, we're looking forward to seeing what all goes down um, especially NFL like I said uh, but yeah we got a lot I got a lot coming up a lot that's already happened but we will try to keep you all up to date on all the latest stuff so follow us on twitter and instagram at cold seat podcast and next week we will have episode 71 at the end of the week and then before that we'll have the penultimate 2024 nfl draft positional rankings where we will talk about offensive tackles Uh, i think i have eight guys right now i might get to nine we'll see how that goes Uh, i think i've looked at three so far so uh, we'll see how that goes but at the end of the day we will have rankings we will have discussion um, per usual so thanks for tuning in make sure to stay tuned in and we'll see you all next week see you guys then